0: It's just after eight o'clock in the big city. It's time for America's favorite Las Vegas sports show, Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson. <laughs> yeah, what up? Party's going on. Duh. For peace of mind, visit pdcenterlv.com. Rob Ritchie, Farmers Insurance, 702-335-5744. 702-335-5744. Leverer's Union 872, the builders of Allegiant Stadium, and the Las Vegas Ballpark, home of the aviators. Promodirect.com. Use K-10 for a 10% discount on your promotion items order. Promodirect.com. And by William Hill Racing Sportsbook, America's leading racing sportsbook. Visit williamhill.us. So get ready, because X Radio with Ken Thompson starts now. 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 All right, KT
1: Live, PSBR Law Studios. It is a fat Tuesday here in Vegas, and my goodness, it's a skinny Tuesday as far as the Raiders roster, because they are down to 53. And their beat reporter for the Las Vegas Review-Journal does an outstanding job, a fellow Mets sufferer. Vinny Bonsignore joins us at 847. Rob Rishi, always in studio. Last Tuesday of every month. No Rob Rishi in studio tonight. Like, what? what is going on here? This is like a curveball and a half right here. But Rishi still will join us in about, about four minutes from now. We'll have him on the PSBR Law Hotline. And we'll talk with Rob for about 27, 28 minutes. We'll get his take. He is a NFL fantasy football guru. He's in seven leagues. His wife, Lisa, wants to commit him. But, uh, you know. That's how Rishi uh, makes some extra side money. He's actually very good at it. So I'll give you some tips on that and, of course, the insurance tips that we always do on the last Tuesday of every month. Hour number two, my good pal Chris Warinski, Mega locks, baby. Love that guy. I mean, here's a guy in the middle of Hockey Town. Well, Chris, Wynn will get mad if I say Hockey Town, because I think Detroit's got that patent. But uh, the original Hockey Town, they just don't win over there, and that's Toronto. Uh, Maple Leafs haven't won since the 60s, for the love of God, but uh, they are great fans. One of these years, they may get it done, but there's Megalox right there in the heart of Ontario, and he loves his college football. So he'll join me, hour number two, we'll talk lots of college football. Remember, there's tons of games coming up on Thursday and Friday, then Brad Powers and I get together Friday, Friday football fiasco, for the first full week of college football. 35 games on Saturday, a game on Sunday and a game on Monday. I think it may be 33 on Saturday and 1-1. I think it's total of 35. Uh, but we've got, of course, Brad Powers with the FCS games. I don't even know how he does it. I mean, even if that's the only thing I did, I don't know if I could do it. But, uh, you know, I'm trying to stay up on top of all this stuff. you got the U.S. Open going on. I'll get you some scores there, see if there's any upsets. Major League Baseball, let's go to the Rich Badge and Finley Toyota out-of-town scoreboard. But, of course, you know Mondays, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays, we originate right here, psbrlaw.com, PSBR Law Studios. So Panache, Boyle, Ravipudi, the best in SoCal for a long, long time. Now in their fourth year here in the Vegas Valley. You need personal entry? <laughs> They're the best. I'm telling you, you're nobody better. You know the 702 area code, 830-9353, 830-9353, 830-9353. Just jot it down. May not need it now, but you may need it in the future. In SoCal... And Vegas combined over $3.5 billion in verdicts and settlements for their clients the last 10 years. That's pretty impressive. Hashtag strength by your side, the relentless pursuit of justice. It is psbrlaw.com. Now, real quick before uh, Rob Ricci joins us, we'll save the best score for last as far as baseball, but a bad score to start it off. Dodgers beat my Mets. How about the Dodgers? I think they've won like 15 of 16 in New York. I mean, we just can't beat that team. And Fish last night whining and crying. Oh, we're going to lose to the Mets. Shut up, Fish. Hey, Joker, why? Because Gonsolin went on the DL for a little bit, you little baby. Unreal. Freaking $400 million payroll. How the hell are you going to How are you going to lose, Fishy? How are you going to lose? $400 million payroll, please. Just pay the luxury tax for everybody else. 4-3, though. Dodgers get it done, beat the Mets. Not good for my Metropolitan's, but... When in doubt, do not count out the Colorado Rockies because they went into Hotlanta as a plus-330 dog and beat the Braves 3-2. to How do you like that? So the Mets don't lose any ground. Still three games ahead in the NL East. That was big time. I mean, you start getting wins like that and you got that part of a parlay, forget about it. You're fat. Meanwhile, can Milwaukee gain ground on the St. Louis Cardinals? No. How about a plus-155 on the old Buckos? Mitch Keller on the hill, 4-2. to They win at Miller Park. This Milwaukee team's a dumpster fire, and Mark Hoke had it right. He does not have Milwaukee in the playoffs, but Fishy does. I don't get it. I mean, I'm already ready to pay Krivsky that Cardinals-Brewers bet we made. As soon as I made that bet, I think the Brewers are playing like 300 baseball. It's awesome. Meanwhile, the Phillies, they're not fighting tonight. And people that take the Atlanta Di- or the Arizona Diamondbacks for granted when Zach Gallen or Merrill Kelly are on the hill— you're in trouble. You're in a lot of trouble. How about Aaron Nola on the hill? He gets racked tonight. They're in the bottom of the fourth. Eight nothing. Arizona. Shutting out Philadelphia. Yeah, Hoke's gonna pat himself on the back if he could reach that big back of his. Uh, cause he did that he did call that last night. Meanwhile, San Diego and San Fran no score, bottom four up there in the uh, great western part of uh Northern Northwest, I should say, in the, in in California. There, uh, let's go Cleveland with Quantrill. He's pitched two great games in a row now. Five one beat Baltimore. No magic music tonight. Mark will try and cue it up for tomorrow. Seattle behind Kirby, no problem. Triple up on Detroit. Good effort by Chris wins Tigers at Comerica. They got drilled nine to three. Minnesota doubles up on Boston. That was a good good game there, right there for uh, KT because now the Red Sox. Their magic number, as far as uh, going over eighty-five and a half, is dwindling big time. Ten to five, Minnesota doubles up. That's five wins in a row for the Twinkies. Houston gets a double up win in Texas, uh, down in Arlington, four to two behind Framber Valdez. KC nine five ninth inning in Chicago South Side. The White Sox, what a dumpster fire! And Tony La Russa stepping away, medical reasons. Uh, that's a great excuse, Tony. But I mean, it, what a pathetic job managing. I mean, and, and this White Sox team, Chicago Bill, you ought to be ashamed. You ought to take off those pale hose you've been wearing. They're just pathetic. Yankees back on track, seven-two, bottom five in Anaheim, trying to get it together. Uh, interleague games, real quick before we bring Rishu on. Tampa Bay, seven-two, they win at Miami. It's another good one for KT. Is Miami now nineteen games under five hundred? I just need them to finish ten games under five hundred or worse. That looks good. Oakland. Doubles up on Washington, or no, actually 10-6 was the final there. Uh, slight dog, Cole Irvin on the hill, and Oakland putting up 10 runs. And then Toronto with Gausman on the hill, they get the win 5-3 over the Cubbies. So uh, Blue Jays continue to play decent ball. After getting swept over the weekend, though, they've now made it two in a row over Chicago. But that is a look at the Rich Badge Finley Toyota out-of-town scoreboard. Remember, tomorrow we've got Game 2 right here at the Michelob Ultralight Arena Las Vegas Aces down one game to none to uh, Brianna Stewart in Seattle. They're minus six, but down to five and a half at the Circa in Westgate. I'm telling you, Seattle's not a team you really want to give that many points to. I know Vegas needs a game. Becky Hammond, Coach of the Year, WNBA, but they better get it together. They better be ready to play four quarters tomorrow. And Chicago defending champs as well, because Connecticut went into the Windy City and won the opener there, 78-73. So Chicago, four and a half point favorite at the Westgate total, 163 and a half in that Chicago-Connecticut game, and 169 and a half in the Vegas-Seattle game. Get into a ton of college football. NFL, a week away from this Thursday, they'll get underway. And Rob Rishi is with us right now. Rob, it is great to have you. And it's weird not having you in studio because this is the first time ever on the PSBR Law Hotline that uh, old Rishi's coming at me here. And of course, you know, Farmers Insurance, Rob Rishi, a longtime guy here, has his own biz. It's right down 193 East Warm Springs Road, Suite 101. Phone number, you got the 702-335-5744, 335-5744, 335-5744. And Rob, of course, his commercial plays. He's been a sponsor of SportsX Radio for a long time. And last Tuesday of every month, Rishi's always like right there. I'm able to look at him and, uh, you know, try and tell him how the Mets are going to finish ahead of the Cardinals right now. And it could go either way. I said I'd save that uh, last baseball score for last. that's gonna is a great score because Cincinnati beat. The St. Louis Cardinals five to one. So I don't have to hear Rishi. I don't have to hear him bang on my Mets because uh his, his little redbirds finally came down to Earth tonight. Rob's great to have you back on a on a last Tuesday, but it is kind of weird not having you in studio.
2: Hey, hey, Ken, happy Tuesday. And this is the second time. If you'll remember the first time, I had eight first time listeners and that was all my cats. But uh, um
1: Well, you no, had eight time it, listeners. Eight, okay, so and, and by the time you gave them that that was it. It was time to go.
2: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But, um, yeah, tough tough loss for the Cardinals. You can't lose to the Reds. But um, we're hot. We came back. And, um, gosh, the Mets were way out there. I think we've cut your lead to seven games. But uh, it's going to come down to the wire. And if the Mets and Cards meet in the playoffs, that's all that matters to me. But
1: uh, Do we have any head-to-head? Theater. Rob, do we have any head-to-head games left?
2: We, we, we don't yet, but we will. Okay. We will. Okay. I don't, yeah, and I don't know schedule strength, stuff like that. No, no, Um, but I'll,
1: I'll let you know that Mark Hoke already has you beating the Mets, all right? He's already put the kiss of death on the Mets, with the wow. Redbirds. He likes the Cardinals over the Redbirds. Do you not, Mark? I, I thought that's what I heard you say last night.
2: I, I thought he was into wrestling. What's he, what's what? he commenting on Oh, baseball no, he
1: knows for? it. Trust me. This guy knows all his sports. Oh, <laughs> did
2: he really call me out? Yeah, he did. Yeah. He called me out. <laughs> now, Mark, Mark, if I recall, you're an Orioles fan, and I respect your team because before money took over in the 70s, you were, your team was awesome. Yeah, they were. They there were fantastic yep. in the '80s for a while too. There, but Iris, Red yeah, I, I, all it's going to be a fun series of Cardinals Mets meet up. They're gonna they're gonna have a tough time in that one. Your boys got to it, win there. Really, you got to get your two really pitchers. Ken. the offense first, defense pitching. Um, I, I just I'm, I'm I can't believe Flaherty is is invisible, and we're doing it all without Flaherty, and. I, I think we trade him. I think we get rid of him. I think he's a head case.
1: All right. So who's going to want him then? If you you think he's a head case, who's going to want him? Gee, let's let us pick him up then. No, I mean, uh, right now, you know your assignment. I don't care if you're in studio or not. So last time you had eight first-time listeners. So when Rob <laughs> Rishi comes on, he's got to have minimum of two. And only one time did he not have two but there's many times there's he's had way, way more than two. One time you only had one, but every other time you've <laughs> had at least two and usually more than two. So from what I understand, Lisa was busy grabbing you some new listeners, and so you got three for tonight. You have to have, uh, we have to have their favorite ball team or, uh, or their favorite team, favorite sports, sports team. And favorite sports team, favorite rock band. Okay, so let's go. What do you got?
2: I, I got three good ones. John Matthews. He's a season ticket holder at Winchell's, a right. uh, new customer of ours since yesterday, um, played a little minor league baseball. He was a catcher. His favorite sports team is the Vikings, and I mean hardcore Vikings. His credit card that he paid with was the Vikings logo, so you know he's a diehard Vikings fan.
1: Was it good? Favorite band? Was the card good?
2: It, it, it went good. It went good. Once I uh, did the override with my Rams card, it, it was fun. No, I'm kidding. Um, no, diehard Viking Vikings fan, and then Sticks, favorite rock band, Sticks. So Grand Illusion, Grand Illusion. Um, so that's John Matthews. Okay. My next two um, are related slash unrelated because they're both at my dentist office. The first one's Dr. Steve Garhart. He's my dentist. He's awesome. He's on Sunset. Um, can't speak highly enough of this operation. His favorite team is the Cowboys. In, so, two, two iconic choices. Um, and then my third guest, who is the greatest dental hygienist in the United States, is Tammy Shaw. Not Tommy Shaw of Sticks, but Tammy Shaw. Her favorite sports team is the Knights, and her favorite band is Aerosmith. There you so, go. That's um, a good combo right great, there. Great listeners tonight.
1: Oh, that's awesome. Okay, so on Dr. Gerhardt, what was his favorite band?
2: ACDC. Oh, there you Solid go. Solid choice. Yeah, that's. He, my... He's a huge country fan, and he, he kind of you know looked a little away when I said rock band, but he finally got it together and chose ACDC.
1: All right. Did you ask him just for curiosity's sake? What's his favorite country band? It, who knows?
3: Come on, probably right?
1: George Strait, just can't, can't, like the rest of them. You know, just <laughs> and, and and you and your and your wife's a country fan, isn't she?
2: My wife loves rock and roll. She loves country. Um... She would take her slow boat to China with George Strait. There you go. Yep.
1: Uh, All right. So if uh, if you're single in the next few years, I'll know what happened.
2: Exactly. Exactly. I knew my wife loved me, as I've mentioned before, when she said, go ahead and have an indecent proposal when I met Shania Twain. But my wife was sitting on George Strait's lap probably. So, you know, fair is fair. There you go. All
1: right. Uh, right. All right, Rishi. Now... Uh, you're a big time fantasy football player, NFL. Now, how many of the seven drafts have you had already?
2: Only one. First one tonight. Um, my next one starts uh, Sunday, and it's a, it's a busy four days. I have two in one day, blah, blah, blah. Luckily, some are live, some are online. Love fantasy footballs. So I'm sure some of your uh, listeners do. Uh, draft went really well tonight. Uh, went totally against my strategy. So,
1: um, hey, wait, wait, I, I wait, 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 wait! You, you send me a thing with some strategy because that's what I wanted you. I wanted you to give some tips to yep. the listener. So now, what do you mean you went against your strategy?
2: Exactly, and that's the first tip to listeners: take the best available players. If you just do that, you'll, you'll, you'll be fine. Because my strategy can is very simple. Um, especially if you have to start just two receivers versus three, but um, running backs are, are tough to find. So I have the 12th and 13th pick, and what do I do? My first two picks are two wide receivers because Justin Jefferson and Lamar Chase are sitting there at 12 and 13. I I, I can't ignore those guys.
1: No, it's, uh, so, I get that. I know, and it's so – I like that. I, I like being last to where I have the I two picks it. in a row. You know?
2: N- number one, it speeds up the draft by 20 minutes because my picks are immediate. Right. <laughs> uh, but I love taking two picks in a row. Um, but, yeah, those two receivers are sitting there. I, I You know, so – but I, I'm telling you, for, for most of you out there, running backs are, are tough to find, especially a workload running back, the, the Henrys of the world. You know they're, they're they're hard to find because most running back teams are by committee now. Even the great Rams, he, Buffalo Bills might be in a Super Bowl with four running backs. It's just tough. Okay,
1: so, so now the leagues you're playing in are they all team oriented as far as defenses, or are they individual players on defense?
2: Um, six out of seven are uh, team defense. One is individual. Okay. And. If you have an individual defense, you, you want to pick a safety, you want to pick a linebacker because they're so involved in tackles and sacks and, and, and that kind of thing. But um, Okay, so no, I'm and, just – telling I, you, quarterbacks are so deep, Ken. It's amazing. Derek Carr, who who I, I know – I'm not being a homeboy here. He could be a top three quarterback this year, and, and you could draft him in the 10th round. It, it's incredible.
1: I saw Derek the other day. Sunday morning 6:30 in the morning Derek Carr is there at a men's prayer vigil that they that we have uh, awesome. it's over at the church Las Vegas Pastor Benny Perez is the Raiders chaplain replaced Randall Cunningham and uh you know Pastor Benny TBN he's been doing it at the church LV for a long time they had the one campus over in Seven Hills for years and then Derek, now of course, being down here with his family, he's here. But Pastor Benny, my buddy Stan Hicks, Pastor Mike Jones, Pastor Ivan I mean, what a great church! And now they have several campuses all over, uh, and sure. it, it, just do a great job. But Derek walks the walk, Rob. So there's a lot yeah, of athletes, don't. a lot of athletes that you know they'll stand on this, you know, holier than now, and then you'll see them, you know, screwing up left and right, and you know, they're like, okay. And there's several that I know. Uh, they don't walk the walk. They come out and they, you know, they'll they'll play the card, but they don't walk the walk. Derek Carr. Or, or you walks got Aaron,
2: walk. Aaron Rodgers who thinks he's greater than well, all. But anyway, yes. Yeah. Derek but, is just an awesome individual, and I'm so proud he's in Las Vegas. Yep. And if there is ever a year, this is the one.
0: Yeah,
1: I hope so because uh, they got down to 53. But he and Hunter Renfro and I got to see. Derek, when he was at the uh, the men's altar retreat, which was over at uh, Thomas and Mack, and I want to say there's probably you know 11,000 people there on a wow, yeah, on a Saturday morning. It was a Friday and then Saturday all day. And Derek was the last to speak, and he was just awesome. And then the best thing, because it wasn't over till about 11, eleven eleven thirty at night. There he was at six fifteen in the morning at the men's prayer thing the next morning. And it's a guy, you know, he got all this money, right? But that's not not what drives him. Yes, it's great. Does a lot of charity stuff, him and his wife. They do a lot of stuff, church-oriented. But he is who he is. And, you know, with the Raiders going through so much last year off the field, I mean, it was good to have a quarterback that was grounded in his faith to really be able to migrate through it and help others, especially younger players, along with some psychological and uh, spiritual counseling. And that's why I love Derek. I just think he's the right guy for Boy, the that's job.
2: That's just awesome, and yep. That, that, is, that is just warms the heart. That's just great.
1: Yeah, great stuff. So, all right. So now we always mix insurance stuff in as well. And we're going to go back to the, uh, the, the fantasy draft stuff because I've got some questions for you uh, from some listeners and also from myself. But your wife, she works in the uh, – You know, as far as helping you out uh, with certain things as far as the insurance, like with the Medicare stuff. Now, I I don't understand all that stuff, but can you explain that for our listeners exactly what Lisa does and, and how you guys work it? And then also, you've got something going on with small business insurance, and that makes sense for me. And I know there's a lot of people with small businesses that you know are wondering, you know, what do I need to insure outside of a a renter's insurance? What else do I need to have in place liability wise?
2: Yeah, and and the answer to both of those is review your coverages briefly. Small insurance, you'd be surprised what you're not covered for if you don't review it with your agent. Give me a call. What what if someone breaks into your business? Is your personal property covered? Is your inventory covered? And if you're a seasonal business, for example, you uh, skyrocket at Christmas, so you order double. Well, are you covered for double if if somebody breaks in? Are you covered for the glass that they break, the door they knock down? It's just review your coverage. And with Medicare, it's the same thing. Medicare, unfortunately, is very, very confusing. Lisa is a pharmacist and a licensed health Insurance agent it's an awesome combination because she sees all the avenues, and with Medicare, what she's finding out now is people's yearly drug costs are starting to exceed what their plan offers, so they might be paying thirty dollars for their prescription. all of a sudden they show up to the pharmacy and they owe two hundred and forty. Well, why do I owe two forty? This is for one prescription. Well, your plan, you've exceeded. So she has reviewed, true story, five people this week alone where, and and keep in mind, it's only Tuesday, where she's gotten them into a better plan. They call it the gap coverage. They call it donut hole. I'm like you, Ken. It's a little confusing, and that's why I have a professional like her do it. Um, All I'm telling listeners is give her a call. She will review what you've got. If she can help you out, she will help you out. If she confirms your coverage is great, you should feel very good. Health care, Medicare, annual enrollment period, October 15th, blah, blah, blah. But there's a lot that goes on outside that time period, if that makes sense.
1: All right. And that phone number again, 702, you got down, folks, 335-5744. You'll hear it throughout the night because Rob Rishi spots play each hour, 335-5744. And if Rob can't help you. I mean, naturally, he'd love to have everybody's business. But if Rob can't help you, he may find an insurance company that can help you uh, better, or maybe better equipped for that specific need. Like for example, Haggerty—they insure my mobile because it's considered a classic vehicle, so that is one of their specialties. So you know, something like that comes into play. Rob may say, "Hey, you know what? Yep. This may I, I be." I referred
2: two yep. customers to Haggerty today. It's See. funny
1: you bring that up. Yep. I, I, well, I know that I know who you are uh, as a person, but I know that you do what you say you are going to do, and you've said that in the in the studio before. Look, leave us a message. If I can help you, trust me, I'd love to be your agent. But if not, I am going to refer you to the best possible fit for your need, and that's huge. And that's what uh, you know. That's what we love about you, Rob Rishi. and uh, I really appreciate you. Now, I wanted to ask you as far as you know, uh, Ridley Calvin Ridley. Uh, He was uh, part of a gang uh, that was targeting athletes and musicians in the Atlanta area. They were going on social media. So, folks, uh, tell your kids that if they want to, uh, you know, be on TikTok and or Instagram and Twitter and they want to display all these valuables that they may be in possession of, well, trust me, there are uh, lots of bad people out there that are gleaning these sites as well. And they may be the target of robberies or home invasions, things like that. Now, I was going to ask you, Rob, as far as home insurance or renter's insurance, if you have valuables, I mean, like serious valuables, say a Rolex watch, things like that, even if they're in a safe, if someone is, is there a way that you can still get that type of stuff insured, even if it's an astronomical uh, number like that?
2: Absolutely. And it it varies by item. Um, You know, you've got guns, you've got jewelry. So again, you'll want to personally speak to your agent, but there's two keywords. The first keyword is endorsement. You want an endorsement. uh, A wedding ring is a great example. Uh, if, If the wedding ring is over your policy limit and maybe the policy limit is 1500. So if you're spouse's wedding ring is ten grand. Mm-hmm. You want an endorsement. The other key word is floater. You want a floater on that because and and the other thing I'll say, Ken, is pictures speak a thousand words. Okay. Take pictures. I don't care if it's in a safe. I appreciate that it's in a safe. But before you put it in a safe, take a picture because guess what? Something happens. You can always show the picture. And, you know, it, it, they speak a thousand words. So Floater endorsement. But again, we talked about review your coverages. It's, it's no different. Call your agent. Say, hey, I've got this item. Am I covered properly? I, I do this every single day, whether it's it's a personal item, whether it's a water pipe, whether it am I covered properly. So um, review your coverages, people, please.
1: Great stuff. Rob Rishi, three three five five seven four four. 5744 Jot his number down. All right, so you went with a couple wide receivers. Who'd you end up with running backs?
2: Ezekiel Elliott, which I'm not high on, but he, he's supposedly the number one RB for Dallas. And Travis, and I can't even pronounce his name, Etienne, which I, I think will be the same as Kamara, A-minus. Yeah. I, I think this guy for Jacksonville is is going to run the show at running back. Uh, huge workload. It's a PPR league, and again, people, you want to know that if you get points for catching a pass, guys like Kamara, guys like Eddie, that that come out of the backfield, uh, you know, uh, that catch passes, you get points for that. But um, and I, and I also got, um, gosh, my my I have a good oh, um, uh, guy from Miami. Chase Edmonds, he's my third running back to be in my flex position. I like playing running backs in flex because they can catch passes and run the ball.
1: Yeah, Travis. So. Okay, so it's Travis ATN, ATN. A-T-N. Okay, so just A-T-N. remember the it's E like is an like an A. Just say A ATN, Travis ATN, A-T-N out of Clemson, A-T-N. out of Clemson. A-T-N. AT, right. ATN. Travis ATN out of Clemson. And then uh, Chase Edmonds, I think, is going to have a nice year. Uh, Miami got a little bit banged up in the secondary. They'll miss one of their starters for the first four games, but that offense is loaded. And if Tua takes care of the ball like I think he will, I know there's people that, oh, no, I don't trust Tua, Tonga of Ialoa. But you got Jalen Waddle, Tyreek Hill, Cedric Wilson comes over from Dallas. You got Mike Kosicki. Then you have Chase Edmonds yep. and Alec Ingold in the backfield. That is a loaded offense. You also have one of the best left tackles in the game that they grabbed uh, from New Orleans, and Teron Armstead. So I think Miami's live. I think Miami's got a great chance not only to go to the playoffs but to do some damage in the playoffs. That's one of the teams that I like, and I did play their win total over. Uh, what about
2: what, what or, is what is their win total, Ken? It was
1: eight and a half. It's up to nine. I still think. Yeah. that. I think they'll win ten. I think they'll win. Well, 10. They're,
2: they're gonna go two and zero oh against the Jets, and I don't I don't know about the rest of their schedule. Well, they open so. up
1: with New England, and that's a big game because I think they're better than New England. I don't really. I think New England's going to be right around eight and nine. I really don't think this Belichick team's going to be that good. That's just I, Mac Jones isn't a bad quarterback, but uh, James White retired. That's a key loss out of the backfield, and I just don't think this team's very good. So I know it's Belichick, but it's Belichick, and he doesn't have Tom Brady to bail him out. So we'll see how it pans out. And I may be a little higher on Miami than most, but uh, that's one of the teams I played. The Raiders over and played the Dolphins over. Those were the two teams I played over their win totals. And the uh, third, I, team...
0: I
2: like the Vikings to win their division. That's that's the one play I would make. I think that the time has finally come where the Packers will not win their division. The Vikings, especially if Cook stays healthy.
1: See now, what I would do on in that case is I would then bet the heck out of Minnesota in game one. I would bet game one because they open with Green Bay in Minnesota. Because if they lose yep. that game, they're not beating Green Bay. Uh, that's my Good personal point. feeling.
2: It's like a two-game lead. Yep. yep.
1: I mean, well, it's just it's a psychological thing to me. If you're at home and you're finally going to beat the team that's always had your number and and won this division forever, you know you're going to beat them at home in the opener. You really have no excuse. You have Kurt Cousins. He'll be ready. And the Packers are two-point right. favorites. So you can go to the Westgate, and you can take my uh, Minnesota plus two, or you can take them plus money on the money line. They're at home. They do have the Zadarius Smith as well. Z'Darrius Smith coming over leaving the Packers' defense where he was so solid and now going to anchor the Vikings' defense. That is key to have that's that dude. cog. Yes, you weaken the Packers defensively, and you strengthen your own D. All right, give me some other the tips. the
2: Packers' num- number one receivers, is Lazard. I mean, th- th- it's still a question mark.
1: <laughs> well, you know what? I mean, there's th- that's the thing with Rodgers. And I know he has some of the younger receivers and – and uh, that's the whole thing. People are like, ah, they were all dropping balls. So you know what? They were. They were probably dropping balls. In practice. But remember, they have Sammy Watkins. You have a veteran in Randall Cobb, who to me looked like he lost a step big time. But the young guys, Romeo Dubs out of Nevada and Christian Watson out of Penn State. So, uh, And that's a guy that, you know, what's right, that? that I'm sorry, like from North Grant, Dakota State. Grant, Grant, I, I'm looking at know. Mark Hoke. That's his, that's his alma mater, North Dakota State, Christian Watson. This guy is solid. And so Mark's telling me he's going to have a good year. He said, this kid's the real deal. I think he has a better year than Trey Lance, the other North Dakota State guy that's now the starting quarterback for San Francisco. What's your take on the Trey Lance deal? And when did somebody grab him? Because he can run. There's no question. So he's going to get you points fantasy-wise by tucking that ball under and running. How accurate will his passes be? That's key because if they're not accurate, Jimmy Garoppolo is there and will come in.
2: I think Trey Lance is a huge risk-reward. Trey Lance is being drafted either right before or right after Derek Carr. So he's available late. However, that running game is really up in the air. I mean, Elijah Mitchell's the guy, but if he gets injured, ding, blah, 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 that team's in trouble if they can't run the ball. Uh, Debo Samuel's great. Ron Ron Kittle, he's White Sox. Uh George Kittle, uh all great, but you can't run the ball. Guess what, Trey Lance? We're we're gonna spy on you and come after you.
1: That's great. Chicago Bill was just like, Ron Kittle. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> He's thinking back to back. They they used to win when Ron Kittle played. But... He
2: had the biggest classes of any major leaguer.
1: <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. Him and Jeff Burrows back in the day. Remember old right. Jeff Burroughs had those specs as well, those big round ones. Uh some more, give, give us one last insurance tip and one last uh, NFL fantasy football tip for the listeners.
2: All right. Insurance tip. Gosh. Um, if you're going to invest money in insurance, uh, invest is maybe the wrong word, but if you're going to protect yourself with insurance, why not start with life insurance? Everybody starts with car insurance. You're going to protect your car? over yourself, like, like some clown would say, come on, man. No, I'm just kidding. But protect yourself first, then your home, then your car. Everybody gets it backwards. And then as far as NFL goes, you know, the good thing about the Rams-Bills first game is the Bills are going to win. But it's tough to beat a team twice in the same year. Which means the Rams beat them in the Super Bowl.
1: There you go, a well, buffalo, I'll tell you right now. with the cloud hanging over that team with the Matter rises to, uh deal, uh, the punter, uh, the punt God, that's in a lot of trouble right now, according to the transcripts that I was reading. It, I mean, it just it, it's brutal. in fact, and that other, one of the other players that is also accused in this alleged gang rape of a 17 year old uh, was still on the San Diego State squad. He was cut. he was dismissed. So the other player had already been dismissed or had already uh, left the team or whatever. Somehow they fell out late last year or he got out of Dodge. But all three have been implicated. And uh, Matt Ariza went from being the punt god and uh, making millions to right now, wondering if he's going to be spending time in jail. And when I saw the pictures of the alleged victim, it doesn't look good. I mean, she had black and blue marks all over her legs, all around her throat, and uh, it just did not look good. So we'll see how all that pans out. Rob Rishi, always great stuff. Next, uh, last, uh, I mean, the last day of September, last Tuesday of September, hope to have you in studio. Look forward to it as always, but Rob, you do a great job, and we really appreciate your sponsorship over the years, SportsX Radio.
2: Sounds good, Ken. Go Cardinals.
1: There bye you bye. go. I knew I knew he'd sneak that one in there before he got out of town. My good pal, Rob Rishi. And also, uh, Preventative Diagnostic Center, another one of my great sponsors, Dr. John Pearson Company. Real excited over the last you know two years they've been a sponsor because we have the only scanner of its kind in the region. gives you early detection before signs and symptoms of more than two dozen ailments like heart and lung disease, like cancer. It's the Preventative Diagnostic Center, and it's right here in town. And you can call right now, leave a message, schedule that free educational consultation. You got 702 down, 534-7900. Real easy, 534-7900, 534 Let them know Ken Thompson SportsX Radio sent you. Comfortable scan. Takes just a couple minutes. A few days later, you get a detailed report from a board-certified radiologist. Heart CT scan, calcium score special. $600 value, $125. You get that heart checked out. Find out if those you know, arteries are clogging up. Do that. Leave a message. Go down there. Guys, especially, I'm telling you, not to slight with the women, but, you know, the guys, you got that widow maker potentially building up. If you're drinking, you're gambling, you're stressing at work, you're stressing because you don't have enough work, whatever it is, you know, it's $125 to check out that ticker. And the cool thing is your significant other is absolutely free. So the two of you get your hearts checked out. CT scan, calcium score, $125, $1,200 value. Early detection is key. Get peace of mind. Take charge of your health. Call the Preventative Diagnostic Center, and you can go to the website, pdcenterlv.com, pdcenterlv.com. You can check out the scanner, 534-7900-534-7900. And do not forget about the Westgate Super Contest. Tomorrow night of course uh, back in his normal place will be Arthur de Caesar, Art Dice baby, one of the supervisors joins me on Wednesdays. He's been Thursdays so the last couple weeks, but the Super Contest is back and is back better than ever. It's the ultimate pro football handicapping challenge and it's back for its 35th year with more ways to win and over 1 million dollars in guaranteed prizes. This year's Super Contest features 11 in-season contests plus two nine-week contests, plus an overall champion. That's 12 ways to win and 100% payback. Backed by popular demand, of course, the $5,000 entry, winner-take-all Super Contest Gold. And do not forget about the second-half Super Contest Reboot. Sign up now through September 10th only at the world-famous Westgate Superbook. And uh, they also have that Special, if you have not signed up before, you can bet 100, get 100 promo, and you'll put that down. If you're new and it's going to be your first time. And then if you're inside the Nevada State lines, you know you can bet from anywhere, on your phone, your tablet, as long as you're in this, inside the Nevada State lines. And also, that goes for the other states. They're in Colorado and Arizona and New Jersey. I mean, so just find out. And uh, get that Westgate app. We are live from Vegas, 101.5 FM, 720 AM, KDWN. Mark Koch, of course, uh spinning the hits, and he is uh, producing SportsX Radio. And Vinny Bonsignor, he is the lead beat reporter at the La Las Vegas Review Journal for the Raiders. We're going to talk some silver and black state when we come back. We're live from Vegas. Keep it right here. <music> KT listens to his reggae, and you know I have my groups, Uh, but this is Pacific Dub, and I heard that song today, and I was like, man, what a cool, mellow song, so uh, Walking My Miles Around the Lake, and that was just a good song that came on, so I sent it right away to Mark Hoke, and he spins the hits, and uh, we're going to keep on rolling here, lots of college football talk, hour number two, but of course, Silver and Black State Report will be nightly, starting on Monday And Fish Fane and Mark Oak will have uh, little tidbits on that, and we'll have the new opening from my good pal John that I was introduced to uh, through uh, Mark, and uh, just some great stuff. But Raider Nation, it's going to be one hell of a season. Everybody's just got to stay healthy. They are down to 53. Nobody covers this team like Vinny Bonsignor. I didn't know how to spell Bonsignor, even though I did have French way back in the day. And uh, B-O-N-S-I-G-N-O-R-E, B-O-N-S-I-G-N-O-R-E, Vinny's a fellow Mets fan, even though he lived in SoCal and and worked there for a while. I have a good buddy, Vinny uh, Franco, uh, that used to cover some sports with you at the I want to say was it the L.A. Herald Examiner or, what, or one of those papers back in. Uh, he's a big hockey guy, big Rangers guy, and I've known Franco for a long time because he's a big fan of Black Label Society and Ozzy, and I used to take him to Ozfest all the time because my brother-in-law Zach Wild be jamming. And uh, but Franco told me to say hi. He goes. Tell Vinny Bonsignor I said hello. I haven't talked to him in a long, long time. But you do an outstanding job covering the Raiders. you got, of course, your show over on Raider Nation Radio, 920 right here in the Vegas Valley. But you are that lead reporter at the Las Vegas Review-Journal, and we're fortunate to have you host of the Huddle on Raider Nation Radio. That's the name of the show. Vinny, great to have you on SportsX Radio for the first time. Busy, busy day for you and the Silver and Black.
3: Yeah, no doubt about it. And by the way, uh, the E at the end of my name makes it Italian. If it wasn't an E and it was just an R, it would have been French. You there were close. you go. There you go. Uh, but, uh, but it's definitely a, a Italian. And tell Franco uh, I said hello uh, as well. Yeah, no doubt about it. It's been a, a busy day and really a busy weekend as you know, uh, the, the Raiders decision-makers – um, you know, whittle this, this roster down to the mandatory 53, which, um, I would, I would advise Raider fans not to necessarily fall in love with this roster just yet. I still think there's going to be some, some moves as they scour the waiver wire and see if there's anything out there. Uh, that they might be able to uh, to bring in to fortify some positions, the offensive line comes to mind, uh, but by and large this is uh, this is the roster that they 're uh, getting ready to go to battle with against the Chargers on September eleventh and I think it 's a, a roster that gives them an opportunity to compete for um, you know the, the highest the highest uh, goals that they could set for themselves
1: not as surprised with Alex Leatherwood being waived, but the trade of Trayvon Mullen and I know he was banged up a couple different injuries maybe going into camp Vinny. how did that Come about
3: yeah, I think um, because he missed so much time, uh, it really gave an opportunity for some other players uh, to seize and take advantage of, uh, and they certainly did. I think that Sam Webb, uh, the young cornerback, um, you know uh, took advantage of his opportunity and made this team. Uh, Meek Robertson, I thought came on late um, you know to make this team. Rocky Yassin and anthony averett um, and, and obviously Nate Hobbs were guys that were here uh pretty consistently throughout uh, throughout the off season and certainly in training camp and I think they really kind of solidified those top 3 spots um you know in in the rotation with guys like Sam Webb and Amik Robertson uh being those you know the backups to those guys so you know, it's nothing really against Trayvon Mullen. I just th- felt like when he got back, he had missed so much time that by the time he got back, other guys had moved ahead of him.
1: There you go. And, of course, you're bringing a veteran going in his uh, 10th or 11th year and Daron Harmon, a guy that played in that New England system for eight years, seven, eight years, and then went on to Detroit and then Atlanta and probably realized, you know what? McDaniels, he's a winner. He's been part of that New England organization for a long time. I'd like to go there. How key is it to have a guy with all that experience? What a great demeanor, too, Der- Ron Harmon.
3: Yeah, and I think that uh, he quickly sized up that uh, he's got a lot of good young, talented players uh, that he's uh, going to help you know uh, str- get get lined up correctly and um, you know uh, teach to be a professional and and how to conduct themselves. Not that they, most of those guys already don't know how to do that, um, but you know he's a, he's you know got that got that type of experience that that you really like to see, especially on the back end when you're talking about you know lining up alongside a Trayvon Merrig, uh, a Jonathan Abram who's still who still has room. Uh, to grow um you know so so he's the kind of a perfect sort of player to have as that quarterback back there and somebody that is just that wise veteran uh, that, that some of these young players can really look to. It's one thing hearing it from your coaches, you know, and that's, you know, great and all, uh, but when you have sort of a um, older brother figure uh, that in the room that not only, you know, can teach you how to be a professional but also knows the playbook uh, and knows what's expected, it's just a, a great advantage to have. And by the way, he can play a little bit too.
1: No doubt about it. And two of the better bookends as far as on the defense with Chandler Jones coming over from AZ. Max Crosby, incredible year last year, getting a big contract extension, well-deserved. But a couple latecomers inside of those two, in Bilal Nichols and Jonathan Hankins, both now uh, solidified as far as their health and ready to roll?
3: Yeah, it looks like it, um, you know, uh, just doing some poking around. It looks like the 53 that they, you know, uh, the the roster that they set today is is healthy. Uh, There's not going to be any need to put anybody, you know, barring any sort of an injury from here on out. But from the outset, um, have to put anybody on IR or miss any, any games or anything like that. So, so they're relatively healthy and uh, guys like Bilal Nichols and Jonathan Hankins and then you start talking about, you know, some of the backups. I think Cleve Farrell is the guy that, um, impressed a lot of people in this building uh for his ability to to kind of you know rise to the challenge and accept and embrace uh the competition and and i think that he's going to be a uh, not a big huge part of this defense but somebody that's going to be able to supply uh some needed reps uh behind the starters along with guys like malcolm koontz and uh you know uh, uh bauer uh, who also had a really good camp so you're when you're talking about the starting players, and Max Crosby and and Chandler Jones doesn't get much better than that, and then a Bilal Nichols and a Jonathan Hankins. There's also some quality depth behind those guys, and as as we see in the NFL nowadays, uh, quality depth, especially on the defensive line, is is, is vital. Uh, You can't run guys into the ground. You need suitable uh, backups behind uh, the starters to be able to you know, give guys the rest that they need during the course of the game, during the course of the of the season without the dramatic drop-off that sometimes you're going to get. Now, not to say that, you know, guys coming off the bench are going to be able to deliver uh, productivity the way Chandler Jones and, and, and Max Crosby can, but not to say that, but, you know, these guys are going to be able to come in and give professional, credible, uh, and at times some playmaking uh, reps, and that's super important.
1: All right, so next time I get you on, we'll touch on our Mets as we uh, head towards the playoffs. But real quick, offensive line-wise, got about a minute and a half, uh, Vinny. Uh, Offensive line-wise, we knew Colton Miller's a mainstay. John Simpson, Andre James, Lester Cotton Sr., Jermaine or Luminor looks like that could be the starting offensive line, although you said there still could be some moves based on other teams, what they let go. Dylan Parham, the youngster out of Memphis. there Munford, the youngster out of Ohio State. Both those guys on the roster. Uh, your take as far as the offensive line going forward, because we know Colton Miller is a hell of a lot better than anybody thought he'd be coming out of UCLA
3: yeah no question about that and um you know i think there's some room uh a to add uh to that room there's eight players uh, right now on the offensive line i uh, like like to probably keep nine so we'll see if they go outside the building to to bring in some help i wouldn't roll out Dylan Parham and uh, Thayer Munford eventually starting um, this year sooner rather than later. So kind of keep an eye on that. And if that's the case, then all of a sudden the a Jermaine Illuminar and a John Simpson become, you know, pretty good depth, quality depth. So and that's what the Raiders are trying to to build on an offensive line. You know, we we focus on that group of five, which is obviously vitally important. But as the Raiders have shown these last couple of years, a lot of NFL teams uh, are kind of in that same boat you know getting through a season with just your five um is almost unlikely uh if not impossible so you you also have to have that depth behind your starting five and that's try you know it's kind of what they're trying to to create here and again i wouldn't rule the, rule them uh you know going outside the building at some point in these next couple of days to bring in some help Great
1: stuff from Vinny Bonsignor. Vinny, jot this down the home opener, 918. That's my birthday. It's also Ther Munford's birthday. It's also Zamir White's birthday. So both of those rookie Raiders will be playing their first home game on their birthday at Allegiant Stadium.
3: Yep, no, bad, no doubt about it. And, uh, by the way, September 18th is my wedding anniversary, and I got married here in Las Vegas. Outstanding.
1: So, uh, That's awesome. All right, so on, there Vinny. You go. So, Ooh. a good day. Outstanding. Vinny, we look to have you back on throughout the season. You do a great job over there at the Review Journal. Appreciate you big time. We'll talk to you soon, VB.
3: All right. Thank you very much. Take care.
1: Vinny Bonson, your outstanding job. Hour number one in the books. Ken Thompson, Mark Oak. We come back with Megalox. Talk some college football. We're live from Vegas Live. PSBR Law Studios, 101.5 on the FM side, 720 on the AM side. You're listening to SportsX Radio. I'm Ken Thompson. We'll be right back.
0: Welcome back from halftime. It's just after nine o'clock in the big city. Time to continue America's favorite Las Vegas sports show, Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson.
4: <laughs> yeah, what up?
0: Party's going on. Duh. For peace of mind, visit pdcenterlv.com. Rob Ritchie, Farmers Insurance, 702-335-5744. 702-335-5744. Laborers Union 872, the builders of Allegiant Stadium, and the Las Vegas Ballpark, home of the aviators. PromoDirect.com. Use K-10 for a 10% discount on your promotion items order. PromoDirect.com. And by William Hill Racing Sportsbook, America's leading racing sportsbook. Visit WilliamHill.us. So get ready, because Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson starts now. Now. Now.
1: All right, KT, hour number two, live, PSBR, Los Studios here in Las Vegas. Sports X Radio, Monday through Friday, 8 to 10. Mondays you get uh, the fish tank with Fish and Hoke. Uh, Guys do a great job. Got into some great baseball talk last night and uh, was listening. And uh, I know Mark Hoke doesn't give my Mets much of a chance in the National League, but that's okay. That's all right, that's just just the way we want him We don't want any we don't want anybody to give us a chance. It's okay and uh fish, on the other hand, you know this guy's the most pessimistic guy I mean here he's got this you know six thousand six hundred million dollar payroll It's gone up two hundred million since the last hour uh but you know the Dodgers are you kidding me, even with Gonsolin out for a short period of time, he'll be back. I'm pretty sure although uh Fish was saying that type of forearm injury could be a precursor to the old Tommy John surgery. So he was uh, he was panicking a little bit. So we'll see if that comes into play. Could uh, give the Metropolitans a better chance. But got to remember, the Braves and the Cardinals both playing great ball. Yeah, the Padres limping into the postseason more than likely because the Brewers just can't beat teams that are well under five hundred. Lost tonight at home to the uh, Pirates. The Buccos get them. By a score of four to two in Milwaukee, that game of final nine nothing. Zach Gallen, bottom seven over Philly, and Aaron Nola again a Mark Hoke special last night. If you listened, Blake Snell, the lefty in San Francisco, one nothing lead against San Francisco and Logan Webb and the uh, Giants can't get out of their own way. Yankees 7-3, bottom eight in Anaheim over the Angels. Those are the only three games going. Everything else final gave you those scores before it is a final. Outside the, one of the games that was finishing up Kansas City held on and beat Chicago. The White Sox with Giolito starting still can't beat the Royals. So uh, they are done. All right, so lots of NFL talk uh, throughout the weeks, and, of course, Raider talk, Silver and Black State report will be nightly. And uh, thanks to Vinny Bonsignor joining us, and uh, you can follow Vinny at Vinny Bonsignor on Twitter, and uh, he's got thousands and thousands of followers because there's so many Raider fans throughout the country, but he does a great job there for the Review Journal as well as the uh, lead beat reporter. I mean, all the guys really do a great job over there. Uh, Yeah, Ed Graney, Adam Hill uh sam gordon i mean everybody over there that covers the raiders does an outstanding job so great stuff and uh college football of course brad powers and i'll be doing that friday football fiasco but i'm going to be checking in regularly with my good buddy north of the border now he, like who to thunk it right i mean fell into meeting this guy a few years back and chris warinski is one of my buds and he is a college football junkie just like kt and brad powers joe lisi we all love it i mean if we had one sport to watch Probably be college football. And I'm somebody that, you know, I'll be up rolling. Now, Brad Powers does the uh, Covers show, uh, Covers.com, where they do the uh, plays that he releases and some FCS stuff. He's really into the FCS stuff, but the FBS as well. And so I'll be up, you know, 730. Now, sometimes I'll leave from Vegas if the Raiders aren't home that weekend, and I'll drive back to Arizona and see the family. And so I don't get there until about 4 in the morning. And then it's like the quick three-and-a-half-hour nap, basically, and then get up and get ready for college football. And that goes, you know, it just depends whether or not Hawaii has a home game or a road game. So, you know, this week coming up, it's a late game against Western Kentucky, which means 9 p.m. Pacific time. So that means midnight, you know. So it's one of those, you know, 13-, 14-hour days, you know. But no big deal. Uh, It it all comes with the territory. Now, this guy – you know, Megalox. That's, I'll always call him Megalox, but Chris Marinsky's been doing this stuff for a long time. He's got that passion. It burns, and he loves it. And, uh, Chris, I don't even know if you even have a favorite team. I guess the team that, that probably covers your bets because you've been giving out, you know, <laughs> plays for a long time north of the border. And you do a great job, Chris. And I want you to, uh, before we get rolling, give everybody the website so that they can follow you and or, you know, get your plays because I know you've been very successful in the college football.
4: Yeah, thanks the uh, intro, Ken, and uh, especially being uh, in the same uh, in the same breath as uh, Brad and uh, Jolisi, that's uh, that's good company. Uh, the website's megalox.co, and you can check it out. I got all all 131 uh, season previews done. Uh, you could check out last week's analysis to see what kind of flavor of information you're getting. Um, yeah, I just can't wait to get the season started.
1: No, I'm telling you, it's uh, well, you know, the, we had the one. You know the one small week as far as you know, there were a bunch of FCS games and several FCS FBS games, but there were seven D one games, and I would think you know maybe I'm trying to think but biggest surprise. Well, Vandy blowing out Hawaii the way they did when it was a fourteen ten game, they end up winning sixty nine to ten or whatever. I mean that that surprises me. I didn't think. You know, the Mike Wright-led offense was going to be that potent. Now, Hawaii, Timmy Chang taking over as alma mater, I mean, there's a ton of work to do. There's no question. And it showed, the more the game went on, how depleted this roster is. I mean, Parson's not a bad running back. They have a couple plays. Pinocchio's not a bad receiver. But, I mean, they're really struggling big time. It's going to be a long year, I think, for the Hawaii Rainbow Warriors. But what about Clark Lee and Vanderbilt? How good is that team? Because you can't draw too much. They still have a major... Uh, hurdle as far as SEC playing. They have not been successful there. But what's your take on uh, Vanderbilt coming off that game?
4: Well, uh, full disclosure, I, I'm, I'm going to be a fan this year for sure because I have the over two and a half wins. So I'm hoping they can uh, maybe get that bad boy locked up by the end of September. Um, I really, you know, it's hard to say, um, you know, watching that Hawaii game, but I, I have to say Mike Wright's got some wheels. Um, and they, they're, a, they, I mean, they're buttoned up, right? They don't have the, The overwhelming talent that you need to compete in the SEC, obviously, but um, I can see them winning three or four games this year. And uh, actually, I think next year, um, they'll probably be even better.
1: There you go. Okay, so I didn't check. uh, I did check actually the uh, FCS, but I'm not looking at it right now. Elon is their next game. How good is Elon FCS?
4: Oh, I'm, you have to ask Brad about that, but I'm I've penciled that one in already as a win, even though that's you know you're not supposed to do that. But they still have a game against Northern Illinois as well, and Wake Forest without Sam Hartman, um, and of course they got Missouri later in the year. So you know, hopefully they don't uh, hopefully they don't make me sweat it out too long. I'd love to get that uh, thing wrapped up, but you know how things go, Ken. It's it's not going to be easy.
1: No, no. Well, you never know. I mean, you're right. You you only have <laughs> you only have another win and a half to go. Uh, Northern Illinois yeah. also, you know, they're leading uh, wide receivers out for the year in Travion Rudolph. So that's a big loss. Exactly. So, yeah, you're looking good. I mean, the next two games, you could uh, you could get it done in the next three. Uh, Wake Forest, Dave Klaassen, still a good coach. Can he get by without uh, Sam Hartman? We'll find out uh, against Vandy. But you never know. This Vandy team, Clark Lee, very optimistic, says his goal is to win national titles in Vandy. I mean, come on, man. I mean, that's going from a yeah, two I, and I heard ten. Yeah, I that clip
4: of that yeah. press conference. Again. It's great. It's <laughs> like, I, you know, I love the optimism. It was a right. little over the top, but hey, why not?
1: Here's the thing: not only can you be a great athlete, but you got to be a smart great athlete. So to get into Vanderbilt, you know, we want you to uh, hit the books and hit the gridiron. That's all you're going to do: eat, drink, live, sports, and academics to Get into Vandy and win a national title for Clark Lee. Now, in his second year, two and ten last year. We'll see how he pans out. He did make us a little money. Well, actually, uh, probably paid the juice off. He was six and five against the spread. And uh, sometimes, you know, you got to look at uh, the game within the game, which we all do here at SportsX Radio. Ken Thompson, Megalox, Chris Wawinski, and we're talking college football this hour right here on KDWN SportsX Radio. If you miss any part of the show, at SportsX Radio and at Ken Thompson 87 I will tweet it out. It will be up on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. So if you miss uh, anything as far as the show goes, that'll be all set up. And then I'm going to get that to where I have that uh, situated on the website as well. So you'd just be able to go there and get it that way. Uh, we've got some big games coming up this week, but they're not all on Saturday. We've got some games coming up on Thursday. And I love that. You know, we've got Thursday and Friday. College football schedule, and you know when you get going on Thursdays and you get some big games, including conference openers like Penn State at Purdue, this is a big-time game. This is James Franklin going up against Jeff Brom in West Lafayette. Aiden O'Connell, pretty solid season last year, over 3,700 yards passing, 28 touchdowns. Uh, King Doro is uh, back in the backfield. Now, they got Charlie Jones, who transferred inside the Big Ten, comes over from Iowa. They have Brock Thompson, T.J. Sheffield, uh, two guys that had 66 receptions, nine touchdowns between them. But Charlie Jones could be key. Uh, defensively, you know, not a bad nucleus coming back with Jenkins. Pretty solid defensive end. And uh, Kiernan Douglas is back as well. And Kieran Douglas, along with Marvin Grant, uh, they lost him. They lost Marvin Grant. He who transferred to Kansas. That was a big loss. But they need to get more pressure on the quarterback, Purdue does. Now, they'll take on Penn State. And Sean Clifford, he got sacked a bunch last year. So, they need to shore up the offensive line. It's very rare to see a Penn State team, you know, struggle as far as protecting the quarterback. But they did that last year. They had 27 sacks, but they gave up 34 they were plus six in the turnover department. Curtis Jacobs, Joey Porter Jr., they come back to lead the defense. Mitchell Tinsley transfers over from Western Kentucky. Had an outstanding year receiving. 80, now, now, Chris, if I told you these numbers, 87 receptions, 1,402 yards, and 14 touchdowns, you would think for sure this guy led his team. But at Western Kentucky with uh, Zappy, of course, quarterbacking, Jarrett Stearns had 150 receptions for 1,900 yards and 19 touchdowns. My goodness. So, uh, Tinsley had a great year, but not near the mammoth year that Jarrett Stearns had. But Clifford's pretty solid. If he stays healthy, he could be good. Kevon Lee is back in the backfield, 8.2 yards per carry. Parker Washington is there. And Keandre Lambert-Smith also back as far as that receiving tilt their offensive line is decent what about this game penn state a road favorite in west lafayette minus three there's three and a halfs out there as well so the circa three and a half caesars three and a half westgate at three right now 52 and a half is the total chris what about this game on thursday night are you going to get involved
4: yeah well i've got a little nibble already on penn state um i just think they have a much more talented roster my i'm not crazy about you know, I don't know about the offensive line, um, but I do like Sean Clifford as a you know crafty veteran, and he was fine last year. And Penn State was on quite the roll. I think they started what five and zero looked like they were or that looked like they were going to start five and zero, and then he got hurt in the Iowa game. Um, I just think their secondary is probably the best Purdue's going to see this year, or at least one of the best. Um, I just, I just don't think they're going to lose to a one-dimensional Purdue team that lost so much uh, uh, from a wide receiver perspective. So I think you know Purdue might start out hot. Uh, the crowd's going to be into the game, obviously, but over four quarters, I think uh, Penn State will rise to the top. Yeah,
1: Jair Brown, an outstanding safety, of course, first team, uh, pre season, all Big Ten conference team. Uh, no question, they've got players. And, you know, on the offensive line, Not the uh, veteran team that they've had for years, but Juice Scruggs, pretty good one. He's a senior there for the Nittany Lions. He'll try and help protect Sean Clifford. I can't wait to see that game. That's a 5 o'clock Pacific time start. Great thing about being on the West Coast. There's another good game that starts an hour earlier. The old backyard brawl is back. West Virginia and Pitt. And what are the odds that two former UFC quarterbacks will be starting in this one? JT Daniels going up against Keaton Slovis. What about it? Because Narduzzi loses Kenny Pickett, but comes right back. Makes a good yeah, move one, by getting Slovis.
4: Yeah. Well, uh, first some Megalox trivia. I went to the uh, backyard brawl back in the day when uh, Daryl Rivas was uh, at Pitt, and uh, they had the Slayton. Slayton was at West Virginia, so it was a uh, that was kind of fun. So it's kind of nice to see this rivalry back and forth. I know the fan bases hate each other. Um, I'm kind of. I, I don't really know what to do with the side, but um, I, I, I'm kind of against the market. I do like the over a bit here. Um, I think it's right around 51 now. It's come down quite a bit. Um, I just think with two quarterbacks, I can throw the ball. Uh, both defenses, if there is a weakness on pit, it's the secondary. Uh, ditto for West Virginia. And 51 is not really a high total in college football. I mean, Nebraska and Northwestern, but there was, what, 59. So I kind of like the over a bit, Ken, but it's kind of uh, – it's not a popular pick, I don't think.
1: No, that's okay. You know what? And that's the thing. I agree with you that – when you see totals like that, especially if I see something in the 40s, and, again, you have to look at the teams. Uh, You know, the Illinois-Wyoming game, I thought Wyoming would score a little more, but I did have that game over. And, uh, you know, in-game I ended up getting a uh, – I think it was 40-and-a-half, and I went over, and it ended up hitting 44 or whatever. Or actually, yeah, mm-hmm. 30 – what was it, 37 to 6? 38-6. 38-6, right. There you go. And, uh yeah, so I ended up getting that in-game, but you really need it – you know, all the scoring to come from Illinois and had that one touchdown where everybody kind of quit on the play because they thought the guy was out of bounds or end or down and he was able to stay up and then take it into the house. And that was actually the touchdown that put it over. I believe, uh, love got that touchdown there and that put that game over the total. All right. So now you have a couple teams that are coming right back that also played week zero. One of them is New Mexico state and they struggled, uh, Holding on to the football. Five turnovers, and that's what cost him against Nevada because Nevada was pathetic. Nevada could only throw for, what, 70 yards? I mean, uh, not a good effort there. But New Mexico State now and Jerry Kill, they've got to travel to Minnesota. And P.J. Fleck and company, they think they're good enough to win the western half of the Big Ten. Gophers minus 36.5, 52.5. Do you touch it?
4: no i'm not going to touch this, but it is kind of interesting uh when when you mention Nevada just i can't believe well, they' got one quarterback that's six foot nine and another one that's what six six so I just thought that was kind of entertaining to watch um New Mexico, I think this i I would definitely not lay that many points. I mean I think Jerry Kill going back to um you know big ten country uh thirty seven just seems like an awful lot, and I think New Mexico State they play good enough defense. Um, that I just don't see it. I mean, Minnesota, a couple of years ago, they had a, g- a good passing attack, but last year they were kind of lost. So I think you're kind of relying on Minnesota just to be able to, getting their offensive coordinator back, just to kind of just, you know, pop it, get that uh, passing game popping again. And I-, I would prefer, if I had to play it, I think I would actually plug my nose and take the points, but I'm not going to be playing the game.
1: I right, La Tech with a, a new coach, and also uh, Missouri Drinkwitz now there for a while, uh, trying to get his handle there in the sec with mizzou and i like him as a coach i just don't know if he's got the the players brady cook uh redshirt sophomore looks like he could be the starting quarterback jake jack abraham transferring over as a grad transfer from southern miss uh we'll wait and see uh right now last i saw brady cook looked like he had the inside track there but your take on louisiana tech at mizzou uh you touching this game at all on thursday mizzou minus 20 in columbia total 61
4: yeah, I have a little. I had a. I made a small bet when it was a little bit uh, below twenty. I think nineteen, maybe or nineteen and a half. I I, I like Missouri a bit. It's hard to trust um, the Tigers. They've been so pretty average, right, so far. Um, with the new head coach, Louisiana Tech's a bit of a mystery. And I mean, are they going you know, to get the air raid cranked up in in week one? I, I'm not sure. I have you know. I just need to see it to believe it. On on the flip side, though, Louisiana Tech um, they did play some pretty tough teams, uh, Pretty. Uh, Tough teams, close last year. I think NC State, if I'm not mistaken, was a close game, and uh, maybe Mississippi State, off the top of my head. So, um, I just think oh, I just think Missouri is going to rush for over 300 yards, and I just think they're. I just think over again over the span of four quarters, Ken, it'll probably be you know 24, 28 point win.
1: Yeah, there you go. And I could see this game. Uh, let me see. What was the total on that one, uh, Chris? I'm trying to, let me go oh, back there. It is uh, oh, I 61. Got
4: it. 61, I think. Yeah, you can find yeah, 60, and a
1: half, 60 and a half and 60s around around the country. So 60. I could see this game going over. I know Connor Baselack's yep. not there for Mizzou anymore, uh, but Sonny Cumby, we know coming over from Texas Tech, the type of offense that he's going to run. And you talked about it, the air raid. And so you can see it for sure that uh, there's going to be points on the board if uh, they don't play in between the 20s. Sometimes that scares you a little bit, but we'll wait and see how things pan out for La Tech. Right now, they're 20, and the total you can find as low as 60 in that game, Louisiana Tech and Missouri. That's also a 5 o'clock Pacific time kickoff, 8 o'clock back on the East Coast where uh, Chris is. And uh, Minnesota and New Mexico State is a 6 o'clock game. And then there's a good one. I like this game. It's a 4 o'clock game, 7 o'clock your time, Central Michigan and Oklahoma State. I think, uh, you know, Okie State has Spencer Sanders coming back. And the Central Michigan team, that's one of the favorites to win the MAC.
4: Yeah, I I took a a small play on the Oklahoma State uh, team total under so far. Uh, I think if you can get it, I'm sure you can get it now around 40. Um, 39 and a half. The game under I also like a bit. I think Central Michigan has proven that they can, you know, give play decent defense. Um, and with Lou Nichols, I mean, I think they're going to be able to run the ball a bit, even though Oklahoma State's uh, defensive line is stout. I, I think Central Michigan will have some success. they got a good quarterback. 60 seems a little rich, given, you know, what Oklahoma State uh, has lost on the offensive side of the ball. Not a quarterback, but the skill position. So, I think I some kind of under in that game, Ken. I haven't quite sniffed it out fully, but I don't think Oklahoma State's getting to 40 points.
1: All right. Well, we'll see how that pans out. I I, I could see Central Michigan uh, being being one of those teams that you better be careful from uh, out of the MAC. I mean, they're in the hardest half there. But uh, Daniel Richardson's a pretty good quarterback, and you mentioned Lou Nichols. Yep. Lou Nichols, the third, he is solid. There's no question. Uh, Dallas Dixon comes back, decent receiver. Uh, But I like this Central Michigan team. And when you have a guy like Lou Nichols in the backfield, you are dangerous. And, again, like I said, Daniel Richardson, uh, sophomore year. But this guy, he's pretty darn good, man. So I could see this game being very, very interesting. Central Michigan at Oklahoma State. Right now the Pokes in Stillwater, minus 21.5, total of 59.5. And, again, that's a 4 o'clock start on Thursday. The only other game on Thursday we did not mention, that will be Ball State and Tennessee and uh, Hendon Hooker. One of my favorite fun players, and uh, this game opened I think around twenty-eight up to thirty-five. Total is sixty-eight. What about Josh Heupel in Tennessee? How good are the Volunteers going to be this year?
4: Well, I, ho- I hope they're going to be pretty good. I have a I have a small bet on them to uh, win the East, which is obviously just a flyer, and uh, Hendon Hooker as well at about eighty to one. Um, I really like, he's probably, he, he might be my favorite player right now to watch and I love the offense. Um, so I, I think the defense is also going to be a bit better this year. I have, I'm not going to play the game, but I mean, I can't, I can see them just, you know, scoring in the fifties. And it's just a matter of, you know, how much ball state can contribute. I'm not super high on ball state, uh, this year. So this just feels like Tennessee can cover if they want. And I'm just not willing to guess, but I'm just hoping hooker has a big day.
1: Yeah, you know what? And I like Hendon Hooker, too. He scares you sometimes because he holds that football like a loaf of bread back there. But he's, yeah. that, he's that quick. And the, it's crazy because over the years, even when he was at Vatek, you know, when he takes off out of that pocket sometimes, somebody just, like, will swat at the ball and get lucky and get it when it looks like he's about to get a 30-yard play. All of a sudden, you know, he loses the ball. But he's worked on that, and Hypo's worked on it with him. I think this is going to be a good year for Tennessee. I just have a feeling. And I love their fan I base. Agree. You know, but I, I really think Hypo's got it going. Cedric Tillman's pretty good wide receiver. Jabari Small, pretty good running back. And then defensively, you know, their linebacking core is pretty solid with uh, Beasley and Banks, those two guys anchoring uh, the linebacking core. And uh, Byron Young, we know how good he is. Now, it is weird that Alabama and Tennessee both have a Byron Young on the defensive line and both their first team all-SEC.
4: Yeah, well, that's probably one of the only similarities you can make uh, with Tennessee and Alabama right now, but that is kind of an interesting quirk.
1: All right, another another one that's already uh, probably crowned Alabama. Where are you as far as that, uh, that playoff? Let's go there. What about C.J. Stroud and o- Ohio State? What about this Buckeyes team that last year didn't play Garrett Wilson or Olave in the Rose Bowl against Utah? But my goodness, Jackson Smith and Jigba, what a game he had. And Marvin Harrison, Jr., uh, you know, you have Julian Fleming, but then you have Travion Henderson, who's maybe the top running back in the country, but CJ Stroud really stepped up. I didn't know he was going to be as good as he was offensive line, always reloading there at Ohio state defensively, always going to pressure the opposing quarterback. And the secondary is always going to be pretty darn good. Your take on this Buckeyes team. Let's start there.
4: Yeah, they're uh, well, I mean, I, I like Stroud is my pick to win the Heisman and, um, from what, from what I gather from, I don't, I'm not, you know, Mr. Training Camp guy, but uh, from what I've heard, like the, the Iowa state receiving core is just, it's just ridiculously deep. And so I think the defense will be better with a, you know, upgraded defensive coordinator. I, I, I don't think there's really much in the big, in their schedule. Um, that's going to be <laughs> overly scary. So I would be really surprised. I mean, if they even, I, I, I can see them going undefeated and then into the playoffs and then, You know, who knows? I think it's a pretty chalky setup this year, Ken, obviously. More so than even in the last couple of years. I think Bama and Ohio State, to me, I mean, they just lay over the field more so than, you know, a couple of teams have in the the recent past. So I I like Ohio State's prospects this year. All
1: right, so Heather Dinich did her column on ESPN Plus and had 20 teams that she thought could get to the playoff. Now, about I'd say about 10 or 12 of them, the percentage – Was ridiculous. It was under 2% opportunity Uh to make the playoff and then to win it all, you know, you started getting less than 1%. But she did not have USC there. And I get it. Lincoln Riley going over, bringing a ton of grad transfers, you know, both sides of the ball. But at the end of the day, if they win at Rice Echo Stadium in Utah and Utah opens a season and beats Florida, USC closes and beats Notre Dame. I mean, this USC team has the type of offense that's good enough to outscore most defenses.
4: Yeah, I debated actually adding them as like a sort of a long shot play to get uh, either to get into the playoff or um, to win it. Um, you know, and then you could hedge yourself out of it. I'm just not crazy about the defense. But yeah, the Pac 12 is down this year big time. And again, there's not much on, on USC's schedule if they're as, as good on offense as advertised. So I don't know. I don't really. I mean, obviously Utah is going to be a tough game, right? But I mean, realistically, you win the Pac-12. It's like it's kind of blue sky, but you win the Pac-12. You have one loss or less, and you're in the playoff, right? So I, I give them. You know, they're they're a reasonable long shot, right?
1: Yeah. So Chris, so Chris, the other uh, the other night on Friday Football Fiasco, Brad and I we spoke with Bill Riley, the voice of Utah, the last 14 years, and a uh-huh. couple couple little tidbits. First off, the game against Florida. Yes, they did prepare because you would figure Salt Lake City, there's no way you're going to be able to get any type of humidity set up there uh, to where you're going to feel like the swamp and crowd noise. They went to their indoor facility, they cranked it up to 90 degrees and then they had the swamp coolers oh. going to make it uh, you know, to where you had that humidity. And then they had the sound just blaring there throughout the entire practice so that Cam Rising was going to be able to work on the silent signals. You've got Tavion Thomas and Micah Bernard in the backfield. Dalton Kincaid, the kid out of Vegas, Faith Lutheran High School, outstanding tight end. And then Brant Keithy, who's another outstanding tight end, is going to be used more at wide receiver. And he said Don Vele as well will be a big-time receiver. On the defensive side of the ball, you know, you lose a guy like Derek Lloyd and you get worried, right? They've got a freshman linebacker, Lander Barton, who comes from the Barton family that's been a lineage over there uh, for Utah football for years. But the big acquisition and probably their most versatile and athletic, catalytic type player was Mahmoud Diabati. 89 tackles. He transferred from Florida. So he comes over as a transfer from Florida, and he's going back to Gainesville to take on his old mates. So he knows the tendencies of Richardson, the quarterback, and uh, you know some of the other guys. Now with uh, uh, Napier going over there to Florida, and he brings Montreal Johnson, outstanding running back, who uh, had 12 touchdowns over 800 yards on the ground. It's going to be interesting. Uh, there's a lot of good, solid players back on that Florida defense. Brenton Cox had eight and a half sacks. He's back. Ventrell Miller, excellent linebacker as well. Uh, Jason Marshall Jr., really solid cornerback, and Rashad Torrance, 87 tackles from his free safety position. So, this game, top billing. I mean, one of the one of the top games of the day. Utah and Florida gets things rolling on Saturday. Your take? Utah now the favorite. Last we saw a minus two and a half at Florida. Your take on that game in the swamp should be a lot of fun for Billy Napier's debut, going up against the veteran coach in Kyle Whittingham.
4: Yeah, I might have to swim against the tide. You drop some. You drop some serious knowledge there on uh, Utah. That doesn't surprise me how well they're uh, preparing. Um, I I kind of lean to Florida a bit just because of I just think their overall team speed. Uh, is it, going to cause them problems. I mean, last year before, the season kind of went down the drain and they had injuries. I mean, they only lost to Bama by two. They destroyed Tennessee. Um, I never put too much um, credence into home field, but the Swamp is obviously like an insane place to play, and it's not like Utah has a ton of – I don't think anyone on the roster really has played in a, any kind of tough environment. I mean, 2019, they played at Washington. 2020, they played at Washington. It was a COVID year, so you had like 14 people in the stands. 2017, they played at Oregon, but that's irrelevant. So, and I don't think, I think Florida's biggest weakness is depth. And I don't, now everyone's healthy, the roster's fresh. I don't know. I think, I think if that goes to three, and if I can get to three, and I'm pretty sure I could, I'd probably lean to Florida, actually, which isn't probably a popular pick again, but that's kind of the way I'm thinking right now.
1: Okay. So if you're here in Vegas, you can get that three right now. It has gone to three at the circa. Uh, let me just check out here. It's gone Circa, Caesars. Westgate is still at 2.5 right now. Faraway Places, DraftKings, Bookmaker, they're still at 2.5. And, uh, and that's what I'm seeing. Like, Bovada's at 3. Let me see. I'm just going to uh, go through. Yeah, you're seeing 3s at uh, at the win at South Point. Uh, my Bookie's at 2.5. Sportsbook at minus 3. BetUS at minus 3. So... Uh, total yeah, of 51. You know, it's
4: not one of my favorite picks, Ken. I'm not on it yet, but I mean, I, I don't, the more I've looked at it, it's kind of like, I, I don't know. I think there's more, put it this way. I know what to expect from Utah, right? I just think the upside is definitely, if there is upside, it's with Florida, right? Like that's the, if they, I mean, they could, I mean, they could win by 10 points. They could really come up flying. Richardson has a great game. They win by 10. The crowd gets into the game, a couple turnovers, so I think if there is any kind of like big upside, I, I don't see Utah going in there and smoking them. I think the other, uh, the opposite would be true. If there was kind of a surprise, I think Florida might be better than we think.
1: There you go. Okay, so good stuff. And, yeah, don't underestimate Billy Napier. Uh, he did a great job at Nevada, and he looks to bring that tradition over there to Gainesville. Uh, let's move on down now on Saturday. I'm going to jump around on you a little bit. Uh, sure. Let's see. Let's go – and I not, not blindside you or anything, but I, I didn't tell oh, you. No, I bring it. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, Chris and I did not talk at all. But one of the first games on the docket, in fact, the first game, is Troy and Ole Miss. And it's John Sumrall's first game as head coach there at Troy. He's got Gunnar Watson, not a bad quarterback. Uh, Vidal's back in the backfield. Uh, decent defense, especially with Solomon, had 11 sacks from his defensive end position. How about Carlton Marshall? He's one of those super seniors coming back at 127 tackles. Lane Kiffin, we know he, he does a pretty good job no matter where he's at, and he's done a nice job there at Ole Miss. Uh, Altmaier, Jackson, Dart. Last I saw, Dart was listed the USC transfer as the uh, on the as the one, but uh, he hadn't announced. Last I saw, so I'm waiting to see what's going on there. He's got two really good guys on the left side of the offensive line and Broker and James. Uh, running back Zach Evans comes over from TCU and Ulysses Bentley the fourth comes over from SMU. So a couple pretty good transfers there. And then Jonathan Mingo, they expect a lot from him at his wideout position. Malik Malik Heath. Uh really uh going against the green as far as the egg bowl tradition. He transfers from Mississippi State and comes over to Ole Miss. That's gonna be fun when the egg bowl goes down. AJ Finley, ninety tackles, leads that safety position. Uh and the secondary at three interceptions last year. And then Cedric Johnson, six and a half sacks, very solid as well. Your take, Troy, Ole Miss. Ole Miss minus twenty two, fifty eight and a half.
4: Um, well, first of all, I, I I'm huge I'm a huge Lane Kiffin fan, so I know he's not everyone's cup of tea, but I really like, uh, I, I really enjoy the way he coaches. It's just like everything about the guy. Um, I like Troy in this game to cover. Uh, I haven't bet it yet, but um, I'm not. From what I'm reading, I don't. I mean, Matt Corral was just fantastic, tough, um, you know, accurate. He knew the system. Kiffin trusted him. How many? I mean, they went for, went for it on fourth down so many times. I think that was just part and parcel of the fact that he trusted him so much. <laughs> I don't think the quarterback situation is going to be anything like last year. I think they're going to be more run heavy, and thankfully they do have an amazing stable of running backs. But I think you know Troy's got some good athletes, and they're 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 no pushover. So I think getting over three touchdowns, I think I would have to play the dog here. There you
1: go. I'll, I, you know I may look at Troy as well. I think that's a lot of points. Uh, again, it is tough. Sumrall's uh you know supposed to be a pretty good coach. Uh, we'll wait and see. Again, anytime first year, and then you're going up against. You know Kiffin's offense, but he's a defensive guy, so I'm sure yep. that's what he's working on that side of the ball. And they've got some players on offense, so we'll see if they can score enough to get the cover there against Ole Miss in Oxford. Uh, it's the first game on the docket, game 163-164 on Saturday. We talked Utah, Florida. Uh, what about Notre Dame, Ohio State? Because we talked Ohio State, but Notre Dame, uh, Brad Powers, this line came out early from the Circa, Brad took it. He's a Notre Dame fan his whole life, but he took Ohio State minus the 10.5. He said this line will will climb big time, and he said he expects it to get to 17. And he got a lot of brushback from the Notre Dame faithful saying, are you kidding me? There's no way and uh, you know this line won't be over 13, and and Brad still has the tweets, and so he tweeted the guy's back going like, well, it's up to 17. Well, it's actually up to 17.5 in several places far away, and right here at Caesars, they're flexing a a 17.5, still 17 at the Circa and at the Westgate, total of 59. Uh, Buckner is the uh, starting quarterback, coming off a little bit of an ankle injury, but he's probable to go for the opener. He's a dual-threat guy. So we'll see, uh, you know, how he's able to fare. Chris Tyree's a decent running back. Uh, Styles and Thomas come back, but they lost Avery Davis, their leading receiver. He's out for the year with that knee injury. Now, their tight end, Michael Mayer, is one of the best in the, uh, in the country. 71 receptions, over 800 yards last year. And then JT Bertrand, what a solid linebacker he is, along with Kaiser. And then, of course, Foskey on the uh, defensive line, 11 sacks. So your take on this one, Notre Dame getting 17. 17- all right, Ken Thompson back. Uh, boy, just a power outage here uh, over here at KDWN. So bear with us. We're going to get Chris Warinski back on the line. And uh, thanks to Mark Coke back there scrambling, trying to figure out what went wrong. And uh, lo and behold, uh, right there, uh, we end up losing Chris. So we'll get him back on the line in just a sec. And uh, he is standing by, so we'll get back into college football. Real quick, let me just jump over to that Richard Badge and Finley Toyota out-of-town scoreboard because just about everything was over as far as uh, the Major League Baseball, but there were a couple games that I did not get you finals on. And uh, let me see if I can uh, clear that scoreboard, see if everything's done. And uh, right now, boy, even having trouble as far as that goes, so... Uh, we'll wait and see. Also, uh, you know what I love? I, I do enjoy the U.S. Open. I love it. I mean, Forest Hills, just to watch the the, the late matches. It doesn't even matter who it is. It's just always good stuff. So uh, let me see if I've got some of the scores. Nothing really uh, surprising as far as on the men's or ladies' side. Let me see as I go down. Uh, Gasquet, Dimitrov. Uh, Alcaraz really struggled. The three-seed, Carlos Alcaraz, he actually lost – uh he actually was losing to uh, Baez in that uh, first set came back and won in straight sets 7 5 7 5 and then uh Baez actually uh, from Argentina ended up uh retiring in that third set uh let's see I'm trying to cruise on down on the men's side see if there's anything that's a real surprise uh but we do have Chris Wierinski. uh Megalox is back uh Chris you back out there
4: Oh yeah I'm I'm uh, I'm back and I also have a uh I have a, uh, a chance to drop some Ron Kittle trivia because I was listening to your first hour. All right. And, uh, when, I was at, uh, when I used to go to the J Games at Exhibition Stadium, I was okay. sitting here you know, listening to your show. I'm like, he used to kill us. And sure enough, I looked it up, and he uh, had nine home runs and 69 at-bats at Exhibition Stadium. So wow.
1: That is amazing. Ron Kittle. A trivia bomb. There you go. Good stuff, Nancy. And that's what, uh, you know. Now, you're a young kid. Did you ever have any relatives that uh, trekked across before there was baseball in Toronto to the old Jerry Park in Montreal?
4: Yeah, I think my dad actually might have went to a game there um, back in the day. But I know... uh... I I'm not, you know, I think there's probably about a million people in Canada that say they were at the very first Blue Jay game. <laughs> um, I wasn't one of those and neither were neither was anyone in my family. But uh no exhibition stadium is as far back as I go.
1: There you go. All right. I remember uh the old Jerry Park. KT's a lot older then uh, old megalox but uh John Bacabella that was a classic catcher back in the day Coco LeBoy at third base my goodness some of the old school guys uh Steve Renko was a real solid pitcher and Bill Stoneman another pretty good one there for the Montreal Expos and of course that franchise now the Washington Nationals all right so let's get back to college football and uh Duck some more games in uh, Notre Dame Ohio State where were we on that game did you did you choose a side as far as that would you take the 17 and a half or would you lay the 17 the totals 59 would you look at the total
4: um well actually yeah I think I would there's a, the only way I would play it would be Ohio State at 17 or better um, I just think I just think the the passing game matchup is just going to be too much and as far as Notre Dame we still really don't know what we have at quarterback I mean and they lost their number one running back their top two wide receivers I think if I was going to play Notre Dame, the only way I would do it would be first half. You can get them plus 10. And I think the only way, I mean, if they're going to cover the game, I think it would have to be close at half because it's not like they're going to pass their way back into it. So I think Ohio State is the play. Um, but if you like the Irish, I think I would probably, you know, take plus 10 and sweat it for only a half.
1: There you go. I don't want to uh, omit Friday either. There's uh, six, five games on Friday, Illinois, Indiana, in Bloomington, uh-huh. and uh Boy, it's been a tough go of it there for Tom Allen over at Indiana. I mean, it looked like he really had this program going the right way. Now, Pennix Jr., of course, transfers to Washington. Jack Tuttle's there, but they also have Connor Bazelak from Missouri transferring over. Had a pretty nice year last year, although 11 interceptions to his 16-touchdown passes, not good. Uh, he'd have to cut down on that. But they have three back on the offensive line, the Hoosiers do. Uh, but still, a lot of work to be done there. But they'll take on Illinois, who did beat Wyoming 38-6. to We talked about that. Tommy DeVito got to start the transfer from Syracuse. Chase Brown had a real nice game on the ground, 151 and two touchdowns. And Reggie Love, we talked about his touchdown, three carries for 46. Pat Bryant got his first career touchdown reception there for the Illini. What about Illinois going into Indiana? Indiana minus 3, 45, coming up on Friday.
4: Yeah, if I, I, I'll be off this game, but I do like uh, I, I like the under's getting a little. I like the under, and it's I mean 45 is getting a little bit um, crazy because college football almost anything can go over 45. Um, so I, I think I like. Uh, there's nothing not to like about Illinois. I think they play good defense. They're gonna you know they're gonna run the ball. They don't play at a, a particularly quick tempo. Uh, I think Indiana's on a downswing, so I think you know if I had to play the game, I would take take the dog. I would take the under. Although I know that there's a lot of uh, talk. Out there now about you know the team that doesn't play the first week uh, has an advantage and whatnot, but um, I still think Illinois is the, is the better team, and I think if you can catch a few points, why not?
1: There you go. All right. Uh, meanwhile, on Saturday, uh, what about Texas A and M? I just wanted to get them. Is that a team that? I mean, because Chris, I talked about this earlier on uh, the Sports Byline Network with Rick Tittle this morning, and I said, look. It, it, Texas A&M, Haynes King, who was out last year, and then Max Johnson, who transfers over from LSU, you know, question marks, major question marks as far as, you know, A&M. It's a very young team. There is some senior leadership back, but the recruiting class was the best in the country. And it's going to be real interesting to see what Jimbo Fisher can do with this squad. And I just said, you know, came out there and said, look, it's probably not going to happen, but... Texas A&M, if they ever went into Tuscaloosa and beat Saban for the second straight year, that would shock college football. And it's not like he doesn't have the athletes to do it. I wanted to get your take on this Texas A&M team, the boys from College Station, and the job Jimbo Fisher's doing, because he got the win last year at College Station with Calzada at quarterback, who has since transferred on. And I'm not sure if it's going to be Haynes King. I, I I think Haynes King is that dual threat, and I think he's probably better athletically than Max Johnson. But your take as far as A&M, and how good can this Aggies team be, or are they overrated?
4: Yeah, well, I, I, think, I think they announced recently that King is going to be the guy. I, think they, I don't know. I think they're a year away. I can't. I, I think there's just, I mean, they reloaded on the defensive line. And yeah, I mean, you look at the recruiting rankings and it's just ridiculous, but they are still really young. And we, again, I mean, you just don't know what they have at quarterback. That's not good. Um, I, I, so I just don't think this Bama team and that defense, I mean, they're they're pretty loaded like they were last year. Um, I think if, I like Mississippi State on paper as just as good as Texas A&M. And that may sound crazy, but that's a team that I'm pretty high on. I don't think either team is going to be is going to beat Alabama, but uh, I, I kind of think Mississippi State would be is is more likely to be a money maker this year than Texas A and M.
1: There you go. All right, we'll keep our eye on Mississippi State. Uh, you know, Mike Leach trying to, uh, you know, get an approval down there in Starkville, seeing if he can't uh, take care of business. What about real quick? A couple more games. We'll duck him in. Uh, Some off-the-grid games. What about Georgia State at South Carolina? Shane Beamer's got some good, solid transfers. Spencer Rattler coming over from Oklahoma. I mean, two years ago, this guy threw for over 3,000 yards, 28 touchdowns, seven picks, but lost the job, uh, you know, in the uh, Red River shootout last year against Texas. But he's got Josh Van, excellent receiver. Jaheim Bell, one of the better tight ends in the SEC. Real good guys on defense as well. Uh, Georgia State, though, coming in. And Darren Granger, they found themselves a really good quarterback, dual threat, last year, 19 touchdown passes, and he rushed for over 640 yards and three more touchdowns. They've got Tucker Gregg coming back as that super senior, along with Jamis Wilson, And uh, those two guys combined on the ground for 1,800 yards, 18 touchdowns. Jamari Thrash back to lead the offense as far as the uh, wide receivers. And then Muhammad and Carroll, two excellent linebackers, are back as well. Can Georgia State give South Carolina some problems? That game will be from Columbia on Saturday. I just wanted your take as far as South Carolina at home against Georgia State.
4: Yeah, well, I think Spencer Rattler. That's that's. I mean, there's been a lot of there was a lot of obviously big transfer moves, and I think that's one of the more interesting ones because really, other than Georgia, everyone's beatable in the SEC East, right? So for, for starters, I think that's what makes me. That's the only thing that makes me not really like Georgia State because they're 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 a talented bunch. They play tough um I love the quarterback so the only it's it's an X factor with with Rattler uh, how good is he going to be and I mean he doesn't have a you know a ton of great weapons around him but he's he's a phenomenal player so that's what keeps me off the game can I think I would probably uh, I would lean to the to the underdog but I'd feel a lot better if uh if I wasn't so much worried about how you know Rattler uh, in his first game I think he could He could be a big difference maker for him this year, so I'm kind of on the fence on that one.
1: Yeah, minus 12.5, the Gamecocks at home, up to 13 at Circa and a couple other places around town. Uh, Another game off the grid that a lot of people won't pay attention to, but I like it. It's uh, Miami of Ohio with Brett Gabbard. He's the best quarterback in the Mid-American Conference. Has a couple real good receivers in Hippenhammer and and Cold Iron. Jack Cold Iron, what a great name, Uh, you know, in Hippenhammer. I mean, you get two solid – Uh, players there, but they also have uh, Salopec back. He had 112 tackles to anchor the defense. Meanwhile, for Kentucky and Mark Stoops, Christopher Rodriguez is suspended for this game. He had almost 1,400 yards, nine touchdowns on the ground. Another uh, three receptions via the airways for touchdowns. Uh, Jordan Wright also is uh, suspended for this game. So that's two key cogs on both sides of the ball there for Mark Stoops. Now, uh, Levis, pretty good quarterback. He's back through for 24, rushed for nine last year. Cavassier smoke will step in there for Rodriguez to start at at, uh, running back. Uh, Tavion Robinson, the transfer from Virginia Tech, comes over. And uh, J.J. Weaver, pretty solid linebacker. Kentucky at home. Do you lay all those points at home with Kentucky, or do you take a shot at Miami of Ohio plus 16-and-a-half?
4: Yeah, I would definitely play the dog or nothing here. Uh, I, I'm actually not. I'm not as high as a lot of people are on Kentucky heading into the year. And the fact that Rodriguez is suspended, I mean, he's you know one of the top two uh, or three, maybe even the best running back in the SEC. I think that's normally injuries. I, again, that's another thing. I like home field. I don't put as much weight in as most people, but this this is an exception. I think he's a difference maker. And Miami Ohio is probably the second best team in the MAC. The MAC East is weak, but they're the best team on paper, anyways, in the MAC East by far. Good on both sides of the ball. Um, It's not like Kentucky. um, I mean, they're really, really going to miss Wandale Robinson at wide receiver. So I I could see this game being actually, you know, a one or, you know, a 10-point game heading into the fourth quarter.
1: Chris, great stuff. Got about a minute and a half. Anything else that you like that you're looking at that you see as a a fun game and one that you may uh, be getting involved in for your clients?
4: Yeah, um yeah, there's a couple of games I've been looking at. I um I totally missed. I went and walk the dog and I missed the uh the line move on the Florida Atlantic game. And I know it's it's just one game, but I think, you know, I I think they can really take it to Ohio. Um who's like a mid-range MAC team and I think the team speed for Florida Atlantic is just going to it's just I think there's mismatches all over the field. Um so at minus four, I don't love it, um, but I know I think it went from like minus one and a half or something. You just rock it. I come back, and it's like minus four. I'm like, no. <laughs> so that's one that I kind of like that's under the radar. Yeah. I, I would still nibble at it at minus four, but no, no higher than that.
1: Yeah, in Ohio, of course, it's my nephew's alma mater, but not the same program. Of course, Frank Solich stepping down uh, medical reasons last year, and that, that hurts big time. And, uh, but a great tradition over there in Athens, which is actually the hometown there for Joe Burrow. And uh you know, great stuff. That uh, cr- look, Chris. We're going to do this throughout the year, so it is great to have you. I know you stay up late for SportsX Radio. Appreciate you. Great insight. Real quick, give everybody that site one more time so they can get down and get your plays and go over all those one thirty-one teams that you have a, a report done on.
4: Yeah, sure. It's uh, the site's dot uh, co. And uh, yeah, I'd be glad to have uh, anyone check it out and, and see what you think. And uh as always, I love being on the show, Ken. And uh, Best of luck this weekend to yourself and all your listeners.
1: Great stuff, Chris. Always appreciate you, my man. God bless him. We will do it again soon. Megalox.co. You take care, pal. You have a great weekend. Love, Chris, man. Just a great guy. And my goodness, time flew by again. Going to do it for us on a fat Tuesday. Now, tomorrow night, I'll be back at Steiner, 1750 North Buffalo, and uh, hopefully we'll have some Orioles magic music and maybe some Mets magic music, man. We both need a win tomorrow. See if we can't get it. That'll do us for a fat Tuesday. Till tomorrow, you know the rules. No drinking and driving, no texting and driving. Most of all, God bless our troops. God bless you. Live from Vegas, SportsX Radio 101.5 FM 720 AM KDWN. Archives up in about 20 minutes. God bless, folks. Have a great evening. Good night, everybody.